A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Quick note before we start the episode. What we are going to be talking about today is going to be pretty rough for a lot of you. It's going to be pretty difficult. It was difficult for me. Um, we're going to be discussing the death of infants. So just putting that out there in the very beginning, I will, of course, completely understand if this is not the episode for you. Uh, no sweat. We are going to try and deal with this the best way we know how. And, you know, my favorite coping mechanism is humor. So we use a lot of that and we're going to be making a lot of jokes through this episode. We don't mean to offend anybody with it, and hopefully nobody is. Uh, but again, if this is an episode you need to tap out on, I totally get it. We had to actually split it into two episodes, so I'll release the second half later this week. If you haven't already, please leave us a review at iTunes. It really helps, and I appreciate it. I love reading them. Find me online at Blue Sky, Twitter, Facebook, or whatever. You can actually email me again at hopquestions at gmail.com. I am trying to check that email a lot more frequently these days. Lastly, thanks to Nadine for help with production. Anyways, on to the show. of pod my name is Kave Hoda I hope I'm saying that correctly I am your host for this fun little medical podcast that covers the intersections of health and politics and pop culture and whatever else seems interesting to me today what seems interesting to me is something truly horrible uh we're going to talk about the nurse in the UK Lucy Letby and the crimes that she committed joining me to talk about, which is by far the worst thing I've ever talked about on the show, possibly in my life, are two of my favorite people in the internet and world. First, 
We'll start with Rebecca Watson, vlogger, writer, and and my co-host on my other podcast, Girls on Boys. Rebecca, welcome back. Thank you so much, Kaveh. I'm I was so happy that you invited me, and then you told me what we would be talking about, and. I'm slightly less excited now just because I feel like my place in this podcast is usually like the fun sort of goofy angle. So you're really just um, challenging me here. I I appreciate that, actually. I thought you were going to say, like, I was happy. And then when I heard we were talking about dead babies, I was really happy. I was thrilled as (laughs) as a well-known feminist who is in favor of severely late-term abortions, <laughs> post-birth abortions. This is right up my alley. I'm, I'm very yeah. excited to talk about this. Yeah. I'm also, not sure what, what trimester this guy's in, but yeah. <laughs> Push the also, limit to that. That voice you're hearing joining us as well is the host of the podcast Behind the Bastards and like 15 other podcasts, the author of one of my favorite books, After the Revolution, which will, I think, have a sequel coming out soon. Journalist, yeah, working on it. Journalist, Scott enthusiast, don't hold that against him, and goat farmer, Robert Evans. Robert, welcome back. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, the, the goat farming, I don't know. It's more like goat adopter, um, mm. but yeah, that's that's where I am. Robert, can I, I didn't know that about you. Can I ask you a quick question? Do you have a significant other? uh yes okay and how did you convince them to let you adopt goats because i've been working on this for like the past three years since we bought our house uh well i mean i guess i i have a house with a lot of space uh the the yard is big uh and i i i don't i don't i mean i have a roommate but i don't live with uh with, with, oh, with my partner. So, I yeah. see. Okay. So like, divorce I'm, I'm, is the. Although I, I, they like, they also love the goats. Uh, yeah. go, goats are, goats are easy. They're simple animals. Um, pretty good. Like, uh, uh, what's the name? Even tempered. Um, mm. They're escape artists, but that's generally more like if they're the tiny goats, I imagine if I had oh. like my angoras are big, but they're both like rescues. So they're pretty like cautious and hesitant and they don't like escape or anything mm. and my little bitty goats escape all the time but they're also like the size of small dogs medium-sized dogs i guess and mm. uh it's pretty easy to deal with them did, did i say we were talking about lucy levy no i meant goats we're talking about goats welcome welcome back to goat chat everybody we're here goat talking cast. about goats the yeah goat cast. the goat cast by the way uh, we've talked about this on Robert's podcast, but I need to make sure you know this too. Goats, first domesticated by the Persians. You're welcome. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. my, my, I mean, I have Angora goats, which are one of the oldest kind of goats we have, and they're called, the, the term Angora comes from Ankawa. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. Persian? I don't know. Well, wasn't that Robert, the captain? Exactly. Oh, wait. Robert yeah. may be more yeah. Persian yeah. than Turkish. me. I don't know. It's, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think it might be Turkish. Listen, Ankara um, uh, is also a suburb of Erbil in the uh, the Kurdish region of Iraq. Oh. I think there's a couple Ankara's actually. Um, oh shit! He just yeah. out purged you. Yeah, yeah. He, might, he might have. Robert, just to let you know, the last time you were on the show, you said something that was fairly significant. Um, you predicted something. Do you remember what that was? 
God, no. What did I what did I do? You're what, you're on the show four years say? ago before the pandemic, and you predicted it. I asked you, I was like, hey, how do you see the world ending? And he was like, uh, I was like thinking maybe Autumn Waffen or one of these like crazy SS oh, groups yeah. that I've learned about through you. And you're like, no, I think it's going to be a pandemic and it's going to come from like Asia and it's going to blah, 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 blah. And then like a couple months later, we we're like, oh, it's it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. So, oh, yeah. You know, it's funny about that is like you, you brought that up a couple of times and I want to take more credit for it. But when everyone asked, when like COVID started hitting and everyone asked me how bad is it going to be? I was like, I don't know. I think it'll be fine. Like I remember swine flu, <laughs> right? And that kind of that kind of blew over, and we were just done with it, right? I'm sure it'll be the same. I remember, I remember the the Ebola scare. Uh, that didn't seem like it was a big deal. Like, yeah, I'm sure we're good. I said in an early YouTube video on the topic, like, don't panic. You're probably not going to die. And then, like a yeah. year later, in the comments, somebody was like, "Well, this didn't age well." And I'm like, "Well, technically, you probably you didn't die." So no. most because statistically, you're, you're most in my comments. Survive, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. you went on to get in my comments like an asshole. So. <laughs> you made it. All right, okay. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about something, right? Pretty bad on its own level. Mm-hmm. And I should um, give a trigger warning. We're going to be talking about babies that are going to be murdered. Um, I will 100 fucking percent understand if you're like, I'm out, Kave. I get it. Yeah. No worries. I'm a baby myself. I'm, I am, this is my worst nightmare. Ba- my mother was a baby. I am part baby. I don't want to deal with I would understand completely. I, I'm, I'm what's known as an adult baby. <laughs> 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 um okay so usually i do these episodes as more like interviews where i bring on an expert or two where i bring on friends and i ask questions and it's more of a conversational thing but i i wanted to cover the story and i couldn't figure out a way to cover the story without just telling the story so so basically i'm going to do what robert does on behind the bastards but like much worse like the generic cereal in a bag version of his brand name show that's what i'm going to do it's actually pretty ridiculous that i've actually brought him on for it but i felt like if i was going to rip him off i should at least do it to his face you know what i mean fair all right you're okay with that robert yes absolutely this is a blatant behind the bastards ripoff okay Uh i also am covering a topic that's really rough and i needed like you two in particular to help me through it (laughs) Because I, I don't, I mean, if I brought a doctor on for this episode, they'd be really serious about it and they couldn't joke about it, which is what I need. Okay. Yeah. And I just want to apologize right up front for both the jokes I have already made and the ones that I may make in the future, because I do, I have followed this story a bit, so I do know how horrific it is. Uh, but I do also know that my position in the show is generally... To provide some amount of comedic relief. So I'm going to try to walk that tightrope of not being horrifically disrespectful, but trying to keep the show moving and and a little entertaining. No, don't sell yourself short. I think you're quite smart. Anyways, Um, let's talk about Lucy Letby. She's a nurse who worked in a neonatal unit. That's like a intensive care unit for babies that come out premature or they come out they're not quite ready yet they're not totally cooked or something's going on they need a little extra support than a typical medical unit could provide 
She worked at the Countess of Chester Hospital, which is a 625-bed hospital in the city of Chester, England. That's a big hospital, by the way. That's like a, for my California friend, Rebecca here, that's like a, a UC. Okay. And so over a 12-month period, she murdered seven babies in the hospital's neonatal intensive care unit, attempted to murder at least six more. I say at least because there's still like an investigation ongoing. Some of the ones that survived are still going to have neurological damage due to what she put them through. And, and oh, great. yeah, well, I mean, like these are patients who like may have gotten some anoxic injury. They may have gone without oxygen for a while. And so they're going to be dealing with the repercussions of that, like for a long time. Is the neonatal, is that the same as the NICU? I've heard of the NICU. That's exactly right. Neonatal okay. intensive care unit, NICU. Oh, oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Got it. So no, please. That's good. I make sure I don't like say things I'm not supposed to like. I have to explain to everyone what's going on here because it's that fucking important. So um she's been in the news a little bit recently because on Monday, 21st of August, she was sentenced after a, a year-long trial, which apparently is like the longest that England's ever like had, which is like crazy to me. How she much was, time do you need, like, uh, for somebody that kills a baby? It's like I don't, I don't know. Multiple babies, by the way, multiple yeah. babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not just yeah. one. Yeah. Um, she was sentenced to life in prison without parole, and she's the only, she's the fourth woman in English history to do this. Oh, girl boss, doing <laughs> it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. England's judiciary system makes no fucking sense to me. Do you guys ever watch this Netflix show called My Lover, My Killer? Do you guys never no. heard of it? No, I, I missed that one. No. Sorry. Okay, I've watched this quite a bit. And the, the premise is like, they talk about some couple where the spouse kills the other spouse. Or like the spouse and other people. Horrific shit. Horrific shit. They go through this like full 45 minute episode talking about this awful stuff that happened. And then they get to the sentencing at the end. And it's like, and they were given five years in Lancashire style for, for their crimes. And I'm like, but what they don't say it's like it's in it's in the stocks. Like <laughs> it's old time medieval where they have to five years in the stocks in the town square. It's fucking mental, like how they do it over there. I don't understand. Anyways. And and like and and it's weird for us Americans because here it's like oh are you a black teenager that was caught with <laughs> more than three grams of cannabis that's going to be a life in prison <laughs> right. Sorry. let's right. just remove you from society Robert can you do you have any experience with the English uh, penal uh, system by any chance judicial system I, I mean. Uh, I have a I have a friend who I probably I won't name on the podcast who's had quite a few experiences with the English judicial system. Um, you I have a feeling it's him. the same friend. Uh, yeah, I was yeah, say. yeah, great, great person. <laughs> um, but no, I, uh, I I I'm pretty careful in England because I feel like everything's illegal there. Like I'm used to the old United States of America, where the only thing that things that are illegal is choosing to put certain substances in your body. Um, but but other than that, you know, we can do anything, uh, break any laws, you know, whatever. Um, uh, no, so note I, uh, to the listener: Robert is white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, that, just I just, or true. at least white passing. I'm just that's uh, extremely yeah. true. He said. 
<laughs> Which is, I mean, there. look, I, I, I actually, I have broken some laws anyone because I've smoked marijuana there on a number of occasions. Mm. But uh, other than that, I'm pretty, pretty careful in the UK because um, I don't know. It, I, it, I feel like English prisons are famous for being maybe it's all the Charles Dickens I read, but I don't want I don't want to wind up in a Dickens style situation. That's fine. Which, would, you, would you be would you be the urchin or would you be the um the 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 seedy guy that's like manipulating uh, the urchins? Hello, hello, governor. Hello. I, I would I would ideally be the guy that some crazy rich person gives a bunch of money to. Um because that <laughs> oh, seems yeah. to work out yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty well for Pip in the end. Uh yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's what I would pick. Alternatively. It seems pretty cool. If like if your job if as a, if as a ghost you get to like go harass rich people, then that's not a bad afterlife. Like if you're Agreed. just kind of like, but like the ghost, especially that big dude who with all the, the big horn of food and he's got the beard. I don't know. I I, uh, I don't remember which ghost, ghost that was. Come, he to be come in a, and know me better, man. Well, no, I only know yeah, him the, from come, the come in and know me better. Yeah, that guy. He seemed to be having a good time. He's always happy. Yeah. He's smiling. Yeah. And he's got the Not memory a of a gig. goldfish. So, yeah, yeah it's like. Sure. But, like, um, think about the world. How much do you want to remember, right? Like, it's mostly bad. For, Absolutely. For, yeah. First of all, just real quick, Robert, before I go on, don't don't say about yourself that you're extremely white that's not nice don't that's you don't deserve i, it. I did not you say that well maybe, you, maybe i did I, you my did. long-term memory you, <laughs> you, you did and that's not that's not totally true come you're, in and know me better man you're all right i can say that i can say that for sure um you're better than all right you're okay um so the, you know the reason i wanted to talk about this story there's a lot of reasons it's just so fucking hard for me to wrap my brain around like we trust nurses in a way that we trust very few professions and people. I mean, I personally could not do my job without them. They're an integral part of my healthcare team. They're my colleagues. They're my friends. I feel like I pandered enough at this point. Nurses take care of us when we're at our most vulnerable. And no one is more vulnerable than premature babies. The fact, and listen, I have like a brain that can understand a lot of dark, evil shit. But the fact that someone would purposely hurt a baby is so hard for me to wrap my brain around. I just cannot fucking comprehend it. Like, it does not seem real to me. And I will say this. I hope you never in your, I expect you never will, but no one should ever see their kids die or a child get coded while the parents are there. It's tragic in a way that is hard to explain. And it it hits me on such a deep visceral level i had to discuss it i had to go over this and yes rebecca i, I <laughs> you don't have to say yes or you could just she play. raised her hand so i had to be like yes it's, I, a I have, method. it's a good podcast thing where you know i can yeah. subtly no, say I, I, I shouldn't have i shouldn't have called out you, don't you have raised to call your attention hand. yet i did and we can't edit this out i'm sorry oh, the editor is fired so we have no editor well, maybe you're going to get into right. this, but here is one thing that, um, so you're bringing up the question of like, how could a person do that? And this is something that I haven't done a dive on with this particular woman, but it hasn't been determined that she was in fact trying to kill these babies or was there some aspect of putting them in danger so that she could rescue them. 
That's a really good question. Let's come back to that at the end okay. because All I right. do want Sorry. to discuss that. Yeah, no, that's a fantastic okay. question. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm not sure we're ever going to be able to answer why. I, I think at the end of the day, um, the more important thing for me is how the fuck did she get away with it for so long? And what do we do to make sure it never happens again? <laughs> that's, yeah. But we're going to get back to that because I have some thoughts about that. So uh, Lucy Lepi, let's talk about her. This is I'm going to do my best Robert Evans from Behind the Bastards impression here. She was born sure. in Hereford on the Welsh border on January 4th, 1990, as the only child of a finance manager and an accounts clerk. I highlighted only child. I don't know why. I felt like that was important to note. Oh, do you think, are you are you maligning <laughs> only children? Is there, in this? Is there something weird about only children? No, the research has been done. There is no, actually only children tend to get more resources from both of their parents and tend to have better outcomes than the children in multi-children families. Are you an only yeah. child, Rebecca? I'm the youngest, so I just love being right. Okay. <laughs> I was, I'm, I'm on the, I'm a cusper, right? Where my, my, I was, I was uh, eight or so when my little brother came along. So I got oh. that only child treatment for quite a while and uh mm -hmm. yeah mm. and look yeah. how great you turned ruined out me. ruined me how many babies have you i mean directly none but indirectly <laughs> isn't that isn't that a, isn't that the question i mean how do we like parcel out you know the airfare that we 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 go to and the impact on climate change that we have <laughs> you know like That's theoretically true. i've had i've had a number over the years of like food deliveries canceled you know i think most people do but you never know like did the driver crash did he like run through a crosswalk and hit like an elementary school like the externalities <laughs> of our lifestyles are to some extent generally knowable so yeah if that's I'm happened to you a hundred times then probably at least one of those involved a dead child at least one of those killed a baby statistically i think yeah yeah okay. but but not seven or eight babies so no, almost certainly not like okay. unless i'm unless i'm a real statistical outlier in my uh right. my grubhub drivers <laughs> right like if, if i <laughs> Like I'm just getting the guys who are who are down in like a pint to 151 and then hitting the fucking road. Yeah, Kendall Roy has delivered all of your grub. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> all right, enough enough chaos theory here. Let's get back to <clears throat> Lucy Letby, uh, child only child of a finance manager and an accounts clerk. Her parents were there every day of the trial. By the way, they seem very supportive. Her of her of her. Oh yeah, they totally support her. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to it, but she has never admitted any wrongdoing. And there are oh. people that are really supporting her. You can see that online when I when I looked into it. It's kind of disturbing. Anyways, her friends say she's wanted to be a nurse her whole life. Everything she did was geared towards that ultimate goal of becoming a nurse. She wanted to work with kids forever. She went to nursing school at the University of Chester. She trained at Liverpool Women's Hospital, which, by the way, that's an ongoing investigation to see what she did when she was there. Before moving to the Countess of Chester Hospital in 2011. So all these crimes started when she was in her 20s, at which point pretty much she was considered an unremarkable nurse in like a good way. She was like nothing weird about her, had a normal social life. She was on a, they had a Facebook account. She looks happy, bubbly. She was, you know, described as being happy by all her friends. She liked being a nurse. I mean, um, for whatever that's worth. I mean, honestly, I think there's like an inverse correlation to people who seem happy on Facebook and how likely they are to kill themselves. 
That's like that my my personal experience. Oh, <laughs> my personal experience has been like there's there is definitely some inverse correlation there, you know. Um, That's why I I only post pictures of myself crying on Facebook just so people know that I have a great life. It's a power move. Yeah, <laughs> I respect it. <laughs> Um, she, she would post a lot of pictures of herself, like out with other nurses doing salsa dancing and that sort of stuff. She would actually like send Facebook messages to the families of kids that she killed on Facebook. Oh my God. Yeah. Fucking what dark. The... So this is just, this is like a, 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 an evil kink, right? Like what else, how else do you explain uh... that? Well, again, we're going to get to that. Save that thought. Okay. Cause I have my. Well, and. As someone who listens to a too much true crime, uh, it, serial killers, uh, there is like this one type of serial killer that loves to just get in touch, like insert themselves into the crime as much as possible, talk like befriend the police officers, the investigators, and then also, yeah, like contact the family, like join in on like the hunt for the missing person. So yeah, like that is a whole mm -hmm. personality type amongst serial that's, killers. That's so weird. Like, I don't know, I've never murdered anybody, but I have like committed a lot of Directly. crimes. And as a gen gen general rule, I try to like keep that shit quiet. <laughs> it's a very good point. We're gonna talk about that. What you're alluding to is something called Munchausen by proxy. Oh. That's an old term we'll oh, talk about that okay. a little bit. We'll, well, we'll get, we'll, that's different we'll get that. that's different from what we're talking about in terms of serial killers like well oh again we'll just we'll get, we'll get to that we get to that. okay we'll all right we'll okay fine. we'll get, we'll get okay. to it it's a whole thing at okay. the end um and by the way okay. i'm going to admit in the very beginning right now before we get any further i am not a psychologist i'm a gastroenterologist mm -hmm. which means i deal with a lot of psychiatric issues don't get me wrong but it is not I'm this. I'm going to be dealing a little bit outside my wheelhouse, but I did do a lot of reading on this, and I have my thoughts about this. I would love to share with you. Well, guys. I I took an intro to psychology course in college, so we're equivalent then at that point. So, um, uh, again, uh, she she seemed like a fairly normal nurse. So before June of 2015, the deaths at the count the Countess of Chester Hospital where she worked was about two to three um, per year which given the size of the hospital does, seems pretty normal to me. But by the summer of 2015, something started changing. So in a neonatal intensive care unit, you expect there's gonna be some sick babies. You expect that there's gonna be some sick babies who crash and then you expect that there's gonna be some sick babies who crash and die. That's just unfortunately how it is. But usually the doctors in these intensive care units can tell when a patient is going in the wrong direction and they're on high alert for those patients for a potential crash. And it's always tragic, but it's not usually surprising. But what started happening here was babies started crashing without any obvious explanation. People that the doctors felt were actually on the right trajectory. They looked at all, we looked at the labs, we looked at sort of all the, the markers of their, their vital signs and saw that they were sort of trending in the right direction. So the fact that these patients started crashing was, was a bit odd for them and they started to raise some concerns. And again, if a baby codes, you know, usually they can, you know, it's a little different for babies than it is for adults, but there's a good chance that they could resuscitate the baby. But in some of these cases, they just weren't able to. The usual things they would do to fix these cases just weren't working. And again, these are patients that were like doing okay. In fact, some of them were patients where like the family was told, hey, 
go get some coffee, go relax for a little bit. Things are going okay. They're doing okay. Why don't you go home? And they go. Then by the way, an intensive care unit is a very stressful place for a parent. They're like there. And if, if they get to be there at all, watching their baby in like a machine, they don't get to hold them. It's just a fucking drag. I, my heart goes out to these fucking people to begin with. So these neonatal death rates are right. I don't know why we laugh there, but it seemed appropriate. Neonatal death rates are rising at this point. And June and was of that this, year, sorry, was this yeah. was this right after she got hired or had she been there a while already? She'd been there a while already. Now, I don't know. Okay. The, there's been no discussion of what happened. Like, it's not clear, like, was she finally put in, like, charge of sicker patients? Was uh, right. she was she not being monitored after some period? But there seems to be a good couple of years when she was first there to when this started happening. Okay. I will preface this by saying that there is an ongoing investigation. So there's a really good chance that we're going to find out that more bad shit happened along the way. But Great. So- <laughs> that's, that's good. That's really good. In June of that year, three babies died within a space of two weeks, and they were both considered, uh, or they're all three were considered unexpected. So there was a, a pediatrician who worked there, Dr. Stephen Breary, and he called a meeting to with the unit managers, the hospital directors. They looked over everything they could. They're like, what is going on? What are we doing wrong? Which is what a good fucking doctor in hospital should do. And they didn't see anything that was really remarkable other than one common factor, which was Letby. Lucy Letby was on shift for all three deaths. And Dr. Breary is like, mm-hmm. well, that's weird. And that's the only thing that I can see here that went wrong. And he mentions it to management, which basically says, no, there's no evidence. There's no connections. Nothing's going to be done. Also, how dare you, Dr. Breary? How dare you? So, like, if this were a game of Clue, or as they call it in the UK, Cluedo, at this point... What the fuck do they call it Cluedo? No one knows. It's a mystery. It makes no sense. But at this point, you would be within your right to say, I'm going to make an accusation now. Like, three babies, one month, one person. That's fair. It's this bitch in the NICU. (laughs) Sorry. Um, you know, I will say this. Doctors tend to not be confrontational. We're people pleasers. We don't want to like start problems. So, you know, I could see why he's like, and probably in a very British way, he's probably like, well, you, it is quite interesting. There's one remarkable feature here. This, she seems to be here, and then the patient died, and then another patient died. This is not what he sounds like at all, by the way. I heard him in an interview. He doesn't sound like this at all. Yeah. You're making a really good go at it, though. Quite interesting, yeah. So it, he obviously didn't stop being suspicious of her. Uh, and then there was two more deaths in 2015 in October. And he raises these suspicions again. And at this point, he's starting to get some support from other doctors in this unit. There's a Dr. John Gibbs. He was a pediatrician who actually was, I think, pretty fond of her to begin with. Thought she was a very solid nurse. But over the course of this year, he's starting to be like, there must be something wrong, whether it's intentional or not. The fact that she's there on each of these weird, unexpected deaths means something is up, right? Which is like the the very minimum. They get together. They talk to the unit manager. They talk to the nursing manager. And they're like, no, don't worry. It's unfortunate coincidental you know it seems funny that she's there every time there's a dead baby 
but it's it's not totally totally cool totally cool Mm -hmm. and and nothing was done (laughs) nothing was done and she went on to attack five more babies killing two more they didn't even give her additional oversight or like great question when i fuck up recording a podcast my 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 engineer gets very angry at me and like you know it's a whole thing there's and i i'm not trying to compare the two i'm just saying i think commensurately there should be a stronger response when you're getting babies killed right yeah like, when i was a copywriter i went on a yeah. performance uh improvement plan like yeah. after yeah. <laughs> like a couple of mailers that didn't do well like come well, on yeah and I, I would think that, that that a dead baby gets that flagged much faster, right? Like that's a that's a significantly higher like error than you know. I don't know. I like I, I feel like I feel like yeah, one dead baby. Look, I feel like if you're working in the NICU, every now and then you're gonna lose a baby, right? Like one dead baby, okay. You get you one know, dead like, baby a quarter, top. Yeah, three in this span of time is pretty, you know. That seems like a problem. That seems like to maybe pull somebody. Like you see, I like even if they weren't doing anything wrong. If I'm that manager, I'm gonna pull that right. person just to be like, feel like you might need some time. <laughs> like, yeah, even as even as a, even as a skeptic, I would be like, look, maybe you're cursed. Yeah, so- yeah, maybe maybe God's angry at you, and we don't need you around these babies because this is—he's—we're talking Old Testament God. He yeah. can't be reasoned with. He doesn't give maybe, a shit. Maybe you opened a scar- sarcophagus at some point, right. and this is yeah. what happens now. So let's yeah. just pull you out. Okay, I just got a question. Have you been have you been breaking into any mummies mausoleums? Did you break the seal on an ancient <laughs> yeah. tomb? Just yeah. a real quick question, you know. Yeah. Did it's you okay did if you, you did? Did you run over the child of a Romani person? <laughs> yeah. Have you have you been in the nineties? <laughs> I've got this pendant that wards off the evil eye, and we've been talking. We'd like you to wear it when you're on the the NICU floor, you know. Just as a little, just to make us feel better. It's all, mm-hmm. yeah. We we brought in a, a couple of priests. Actually, I don't recognize all the religions. We're just trying to hit them all, you know. We have an old priest and we have a young priest young just priest. to cover our bases. Yeah. <laughs> We even um, we brought in one of the actors from that movie in Bruges that played a priest. You know, we're really trying them all, <laughs> covering every base. Robert, don't sell yourself short, man. Every episode of Behind the Bastards is like a dead baby to me. I, you know what? Don't wow, sell yourself that good short. Or bad? Do it. Include at least one. Yeah, you know. Um, okay, so nothing was done, by the way, and and people are. I should say uh, the doctors, you know, must be losing their minds at this point. They're calling for meetings. They're calling for reviews with other doctors. They're calling for meetings with senior management. Nothing is going anywhere. And by the way, during this whole time, it, people are noticing stuff. It's not like she's some evil genius. Like family members are noticing that she's kind of lurking around a baby. It might not even be the baby she's taking care of right before something bad and unexpected happens. There is well, a Kave, yeah. you know how I know she's not an evil genius because mm-hmm. she's a serial killer who targeted babies and couldn't <laughs> yeah. even kill them all. Like some <laughs> of the babies got away. Yeah, I, 
Again, if I'm her boss as a serial killer, I'm going to be like, you're missing a lot of these you're, shots. And they are you're babies, bad at this. right? Like, you're bad at this. Yeah. It's just laying there. It's not doing anything. Yeah. It's already you're sick. You're leaving a lot of babies on the table, and those babies are moving more than we like here at Baby Killing Company. <laughs> here in the Baby Killing Lines, we're very disappointed <laughs> in your <Yeah>. output. <laughs> Rebecca, is it okay if I call you Rebecca? Look, you know, we just, we, we got to put you on a performance improvement plan. You're <laughs> at about 60%. And yeah, well, I know we say around here, you miss every baby you don't take a shot at, but <laughs> you are still missing a lot of those babies. <laughs> and I can't even emphasize this enough. They were already sick. They basically, they're, <laughs> they almost died right out of the womb and yeah. you couldn't finish I would the job. compare it to shooting fish in a barrel, but this is actually easier. <laughs> it's like God is your co-pilot. He's done half the work. Get in there and finish it. There, there are people listening to this right now who are laughing and don't feel good about it. <laughs> no. I don't. I don't feel don't, great. About I don't it. feel good about this. No, <laughs> we're all in the I'm same boat. To, people. I'm sorry we're, to sweat a little. <laughs> we're we're getting through this together. I promise you, we're going to get through this together. Okay. Uh, so, Doctor Robbie Jayaram is one of these patient these these pediatricians who's there, and he's also noticing there's something funny about her. In fact, one day he's there, and she doesn't notice that he's looking and that he sees, but he's watching her watch a baby that stopped breathing and just looking at the baby. And he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Get out of the way. We have to, <laughs> this baby is not breathing. And Breary and him and all these other doctors are talking about it. They're still contacting everyone they can. They're contacting the medical director of the hospital. Finally, in May of 2016, he gets a meeting, Dr. Breary, with all the senior managers. He tells them all what's been going on. He shows them the data. They ignore him completely. Nobody believes it can be nice Lucy. Now, it's hard for me to say for sure because I don't understand England as well as I do America, but I have to believe it's at least like 130% because of the fact that she's like a nice looking blonde lady. Like there is like, she just looks like a sweet, innocent, like white lady. And Oof. she's getting away with literal murder during it's this. It's that white privilege we were just talking about. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, you both make me sick. Sorry. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so he's getting this reputation, Breary, of being a troublemaker during this time. By the way, I said that as a joke, but I mean it sincerely. I think oh, you're yeah. right. Oh, no, no, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. That, that has to be a part of it. I mean, yeah. there's a lot about the English medical system that I don't entirely understand, and there's a lot of bureaucracy there. Um, so that that's going to, we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but that is a real factor as to what's happening here. So- Later in 2016, there are two deaths in consecutive days. Two babies die one after another, two out of three identical triplets, which I, I just can't even fucking start to understand how fucked up that is, that she yeah. got two of the same fucking family. Jesus. Fucking on, on a level. I'm fucking traumatized just reading it and learning about this. Breary, Dr. Breary, he holds a meeting for the whole staff because everyone is a wreck. Everyone's traumatized, except for Lucy. And the doctor is like, what the fuck is wrong with this lady? And they insist upon her removal from the NICU. That night, Breary himself calls the, the, the duty executive and he demands that she is taken off duty. 
The manager, whose name I feel like I should mention, Karen Rees, refuses. At which point he's like, well, okay, if you keep her on duty, you are taking full responsibility for anything that might happen to babies the next day. To which she says, yes. So, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Maybe Again, someone... if I'm her boss at the baby murdering company, I'm like, no. <laughs> Why would you agree to this? <laughs> She's so bad at it. Come on. I, I was to... going through my head as to like, how does the baby murdering company make money? But it's obviously VC funded. It's like Uber, <laughs> where like they're hoping to corner the market and like just burning through cash. Until they it's Peter cash. Thiel. Peter Thiel is obviously yeah, behind it. Thiel's pay. He's pumping a lot of it's, money into this. If you could just, if you could just send me that blood when you're done with <laughs> yeah. it, that'd be great. Thanks. <laughs> So I, I feel like someone should look into that at some point, but wh whatever, that's that's neither here nor there. I guess someone's already doing that. Um, guess what happens the next day? A baby almost dies while she's on duty. All the doctors get together and they're like, that's it. We're going to refuse to work with her at this point. If they don't take her off service, then we fucking, we just walk and they have to send everybody to uh, another hospital, which is probably the best thing they could have done anyways. Um Although this hospital makes me think they probably would have just like called up like a fucking uh, gastroenterologist like myself to take care of babies. <laughs> a, You've seen a baby before, right? <laughs> right. Um, so again, they they finally, you know, say, okay, maybe we should do something about this. And they let her work another three shifts, of course, because, well, you know, why not? Until they finally remove well, you gotta her. You got to give her notice. Yeah. <laughs> you got to give her the heads gotta, up. Yeah. And so they finally remove her from the unit. This is all a year after the first incident. But in the real Catholic church sort of move, they didn't fire her. They just moved her. But guess where they moved her? Ireland. Yes. Wait, <laughs> I mean, really? No, no. That'd be really funny. Though. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, you can take care of the Irish babies because you know how <laughs> we feel about them here. Um, so they moved her to the safety unit. So, you know, the unit that's in charge of investigating anything that goes wrong in the hospital. So wait, they're like internal affairs? Yes. They it's like the cops that are being investigated for police brutality have been transferred to yes. internal affairs to we investigate police brutality. We thoroughly Got it. investigated ourselves and we found no evidence of wrongdoing. That's exactly what happened. There that's you go. Happened. Nailed it. Oh, <laughs> wow. So, by the way, during this time, she has access to sensitive documents from the neonatal unit and she's in close proximity to all the senior managers that are whose job it is to investigate her <laughs> my god none of these deaths are being properly re reported she's bringing in cookies she's like you know she's having parties pool parties really, at her place really like, lovable i'm sure extra yeah. charming um mm -hmm. and, and because of this bad reporting and recording that they're doing the nhs the national health system isn't picking up the weird statistical anomalies that it's sort of designed to do so i don't know if that lets them off the hook or not but i mean it's it's interesting that they moved her there and that's definitely a part of why this went on so long so at this point you'd be thinking the administrators would be like okay how do we find a way to fire her how do we uh, at least investigate her or get rid of her but but no for months after this, the hospital administrators are trying to move her back to the ICU. The pediatricians are fighting this the whole time. And they're like, hey, oh my God. maybe we should get the police involved. Maybe we should do it. the hospital's like, no, you can't do that. That will create a scandal. And there's increasingly threatening language that's used to them at this time. 
the pediatricians are like, at least let's at least get an external investigation going because you know we we need at least another voice outside of this. And they ask for the police to come multiple times. They say no. The hospital administrators are sending them emails like action has been taken. You must cease all emails forthwith, which is a very English way of putting it. And the head of corporate affairs for the hospital weighs in and he starts pressuring the doctors. And after a given a, a back and forth for a while, they finally agree to at least let the Royal College of Pediatrics and Child Health come in and review the case. So in September, 2000, yes, sorry, sorry. But is this like, um, do they have public versus private hospitals over there? Do you know, like, is this a private hospital that where like, if this had been a state run or county run or whatever hospital, maybe things would have been different? It's an, excellent, it's an excellent question. And I will tell you as we return from this <laughs> okay, short little break that starts now. 
Finally, they get the Royal College to come in and review. Now, during this time, the, the head of the hospital, the medical director in Harvey also contacts a neonatal specialist that for some reason, it's not clear to me, he asked this other doctor to come in and say, hey, can you review these cases as well? I get the sense he was looking for maybe a more favorable report than he thought the Royal College would give. It's not clear, but both of these people are investigating at the same time, the Royal College and this independent investigator. And the reports are hard to, to parse through because they're heavily redacted. The Royal College report is heavily redacted. But basically, there is some suspicious stuff in both of them. And they find that some of them, the independent investigator, which is probably the more mild of the two reports, said at least four of the baby deaths should be investigated further. After they have this review, Ian Harvey, the medical director, and the rest of the hospital board meet. They look over the records. They look over uh, the, the reviews that were done. And at the end of the day, they're like, nah, the problem is clearly with the leadership of the doctors and timely intervention. No note of uh, let B's involvement, other than to say they felt she was a capable nurse. Again, it's a heavily redacted report, so there's very little I could actually see in it, but that's the gist yeah. of what Yeah. Wow, great, great. capable. Yeah. Capable. <laughs> of what, though? Of Jeez. what? <laughs> so, yeah. This is where it gets better. Oh, you're going to like this part. A few weeks later, okay. these seven pediatricians who have been sort of working against this the whole time, working this new nail unit, they're all called into a meeting with the hospital CEO and the medical director. Again, Ian Harvey, I'll say his name because I think he kind of sucks. At which, point yeah, <laughs> at which point they were told, hey guys, you're kind of being assholes here. <laughs> and, and if you don't apologize to this nurse, there will be... There, there's going to be some real consequences. If you, there's a line here, there's a line. <laughs> if you pass this line, there's going to be consequences. <laughs> so, so they have to apologize to her. The management the orders two, the most vocal consultants to attend a mediation session with Letby, <laughs> where Letby gets to sit down and, and air her grievances with the doctors. <laughs> to, one of the doctors Wait. went and did it. The other doctor, Dr. Breary, who I, I don't know if you've gotten the sense, I think is a pretty cool guy, didn't do it because he's a pretty cool guy. He's like, no, fuck you. I'm not, I'm yeah, not doing fuck, that. Fuck, not God. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> These guys should both be eligible for the Nobel Peace Prize because if that were me, I would have murdered her and the all of the executives responsible. Exactly. I would have just gone gangbusters exactly. on them. It's, 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 there's so much to be said about like the fucking, the, the language of like, I don't know, accountability and social justice when it gets used by these these big institutions to try to defray risk, like mediation session. Like they accused yeah. her of murder. You don't you don't mediate that. You're that's like saying, like, I don't know, like you have like an ethical argument debate about a procedure. You know, one one doctor thinks this is moral and the others right? they right. you need to mediate because yeah. they have to work together. Right. Like that's mediation. Right. I accuse I'm accusing this person of being a baby killer. There's no mediating that. They're like, well, that's actually a microaggression. So <laughs> if you could just <laughs> if you could Man. attend this training session, you can learn how to express yourself in a less damaging way. Thank you. You know, I, I want to reiterate, doctors are by nature a risk-averse group. That's not what we like to do. We went into this job 
because we like going down a very linear path. You know, we mm. treat patients, we we go through all the schooling, we go through the residency, we go through the fellowship, we go through all this nonsense, and we go through a very linear path. Doctors tend to not be outside the box thinkers by nature. Being a troublemaker is not in our nature. We do not like confrontation. We're people pleasers. I want to please people. I want to make you, you guys, I want to make you happy. You too. I want to make sure, are you guys happy? Are you guys This okay isn't right what I, this is not what I learned on House MD. The, uh, mm. This is, this actually goes against everything yeah. I know about doctors. See, and House MD is like what got me into my career. You know, I think a lot of people have that. In my case, I'm talking about being a Vicodin user, but- <laughs> Uh, I, I imagine medicine too would mm. probably can got some people into. Yeah, it's mine a, is being an asshole to everyone <laughs> around me. So, I'm a cane enthusiast. I'm a cane enthusiast. That's why I <laughs> I, I have spent I so it. much time looking up his leg thing because <laughs> I like canes. I like <laughs> taking pills. I would love to be able to do those things. This sounds great. I love I love faking an accent. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I'll do it all. (laughs) Being a dick to people and being high as hell all the time. Let's do it. What's not to love? Drive a a car into my ex's house. That happened. I think that's how the show ended. Yeah. That's like the end of the series. I don't fucking know. You guys think I watch that garbage? I don't watch that garbage. Even though I will say one of my mentors. Dr. Faith Fitzgerald, one of the greatest doctors I've ever worked with, peace be upon her name, she's passed away, was a uh, one of the smartest doctors I've ever worked with. And she was a, supposedly one of the role models for House MD. Anyways, oh. that's, that's another oh. story. That's another story. We'll talk about her at some other point. She's amazing. We'll get back to that. Um, so two months after they have to apologize to this baby murderer. <laughs> Find find some middle ground between. I'm sorry you were hurt that I called you a baby murderer. That's not a real apology. I've read a hood feminist description of what a real apology is. You can't say I'm sorry if you were offended that you called me a baby murderer. So so two two months after that, they finally get a chance to sit down with the police who start an operation called Operation Hummingbird. And hey, everyone, this is Kave in editor mode. Uh, I'm not sure how to say that, but it's me. You were listening to me a second ago and you're listening to me now. But this is the me editing the episode saying it's time for us to end this one. Uh, We will come back and finish this whole story at the end of this week. And let me just put in some plugs for my guests because I didn't have them do it themselves. Rebecca Watson, you should definitely check out her uh, video log vlog. I don't know if I'm ever saying that right. It's awesome. She's a great writer. Just find her at RebeccaWatson.com or just Google Rebecca Watson. You will not be disappointed. And Robert Evans, you can listen to his podcast, Behind the Bastard, pretty much anywhere you find podcasts. Obviously, I recommend both. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you again in just a little bit. This podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult a physician or other qualified health care provider for your specific health care needs or concerns. The opinions expressed on this podcast do not represent the opinions of our employees. Details in the podcast have been changed so that patient identification is not possible.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.